off the ball. Andy Farrell was almost giddy. Yeah. At yeah. the late with He wants everything yeah. thrown yeah. at them as he much was, as possible. He was like, this is per- I couldn't have planned this yes. better. This could happen. Maybe you did. Up. Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now. Off the ball daily. Now then you're welcome along. Sunday's off the ball. We've got the paper review coming your way this afternoon. Sarah Donovan and Dion Fanning here in studio. Brian Kerr also in studio between three and four to chat all things World Cup. Raphael Honigstein will give us the German view ahead of Germany, Spain this evening. We'll be live at Crow Park as well, Leinster hurling semi-finals. Plus there is a Golf Weekly Padre Carrington a bonanza to bring you. We had him on the show this week. Tune in from half past five if you enjoy Podrick holding court. 53106, the text number. We are at Off the Ball on Twitter. Aidan is here. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. And Mr. Arthur D. Hello. Hi, Joe. I saw you were discussing your book with Jared Gilroy on Friday. It happened at last. <laughs> yeah. A running joke in OTB Towers. We interview everybody else about their books, yeah. not one of our own. So you've got your airing. Book sales airing. have soared, I presume, in the interim. We'll find out next week. Yeah, you walked in a new Gucci (laughs) jacket after the interview, so things are going well. Uh, We are uh, busy right across the day. Like I said, uh, live at Croke Park, Leinster Hurling semi-finals. That's Nace against Ballyhale and St Mullins of Carlo against Kilmacud. Stephen Doyle is going to be there. So we'll keep you covered right across the afternoon. Brian Kerr in around three o'clock, paper review before that. And then Padraig Carrington, like I said, was on Golf Weekly this week and... Uh, frankly was difficult to get rid of mm. at a certain point no one likes to say to a three time major winner it's time that we need <laughs> to end this <laughs> Yeah, really we should be begging you to stay but uh, he was in great form and talking all things uh, golf so really interesting we'll bring that to you like I said around half past five or so let's um, Aidan bring people up to speed with where we are World Cup day seven this day last week was uh, infamously Qatar's opener God, it feels longer than that doesn't it yeah, that is the nature of World Cup week yeah. ones, I think. And this is had a lot going on and on and off the pitch. So uh, day seven, what do we got? So we will start with the kind of shock result this morning. Costa Rica scoring with their first shot on target at this World Cup. That was enough to stun Japan with a 1-0 win in Group E. Kaiser Fuller scored the winning goal on 81 minutes on the clock. So that means Spain can go through to the knockout stages with a win against Germany in that group tonight. That will kick off at 7 o'clock and all eyes will be on that clash. There is one game this evening. Uh, yeah, just that's uh, that's on right now. That's in Group F. That's Belgium and Morocco clashing at one o'clock. So that one is just underway. It's scoreless so far. There's no Romelu Lukaku for the Red Devils today. He's out with an injury, and Belgium can reach the last 16 with a victory today. Boss Roberto Martinez says it's always the plan to have the Inter Milan striker fit and firing for later on in the group. To update the situation, Romelu medically was only available for the third game, and I think in a way we'll carry on with that but is ahead of, of what he should be. He trained twice now with the group and the signs are very good. We need to see how he reacts today and then he's going to have another training session. I don't expect him to be involved tomorrow unless something goes extremely well today and it could be a little bit of an adaptation to be with the group, not 100% not to start. So that's where Romelu is. And then in general, remember, I said it many times and I'm, I'm not trying to be um, repeating the same thing. The lineup is important, but there are two lineups in this World Cup. Five subs means that you got a lineup at the start and a lineup that it finishes the game. And what's important for me that every player that it comes on the pitch has an impact, has an understanding and has an opportunity to enjoy the World Cup. And I think in Canada, the first half we were very, very, very below par. Second half was a, an improvement. And it's important that we use our players 
to help the team depending how the game goes. They're just underway in that game, nil all. Early stages will keep you updated, obviously, in all the World Cup action across the day. Germany say thank you very much, Costa Rica. That flattens out that group very nicely from nice. their point of view. What a result. There are some odd form lines in this tournament. It's like even last night watching, like, I know Argentina, but it's, it's, it's very, very so patchy and so different and so hard to kind of nail down. And I don't know about you, no, I watched that match last night and it was, I thought it was chronic. I thought it was terrible. I was out for a lot of the evening and afternoon, so I came home and watched France-Denmark and oh, Mexico-Argentina back to back. And one game was this flowing Rolls-Royce of quality all the way through and then that Mexico-Argentina game was <laughs> I, I was so frustrated by it I was so annoyed because yeah. no more than yourself I'd said the same thing I'd seen a little bit of the first one yeah. nothing which was wonderful game. yeah oh it was fantastic France-Denmark's beautiful game and then it was just this it was like well this is the main course here we go and oh. it's like this is going to you know Mexico are going to really want to get stuck into this and it was diabolical there was a foul every 25 seconds oh now, on the other hand, I did say I was talking to someone and they were saying, well, look, this is so wonderfully tense. You know, this yeah. is the SH1T housery that makes a South American <laughs> do or die World Cup An game worth watching. <laughs> yeah, it's just a kickathon. Um, and then I guess Messi does his thing and, and lights it up. Mbappe is going to be the star of this World Cup. Oh, God. This is, I mean, he looked phenomenal on the first night. He's just uncontainable. He's electric and we saw it in the first goal. He's only 23 years of age, 30 goals for France. Yeah. I mean, Giroud, if you do break the record, I mean, enjoy it for the six months while you can. Yeah. Um, only Pele and Mbappe managed seven World Cup goals before the age of 25. Messi has eight World Cup goals yeah. in 21 appearances. Mbappe's on seven already. So I think um, we'll remember this as, as his World Cup once France don't implode. What? What does it do to a person if they win two World Cups by 23? Well, if you look at Pele, it makes you <laughs> like, a legend. Like, I know, but like it, it just, you kind of, because that's sort of forgotten to the, like I couldn't tell you much about the 62 World Cups uh, where he does that, the second one. I don't know anything about so much it. more memorable, yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it, it's funny, I was talking as well, I was talking to Calvin uh, Cooney who was there in the stadium and just talking about, and maybe it's something you have to see in person to properly appreciate, but just his burst of pace. Yeah. That it's just like, it's like nothing else he's ever seen in any sort of footballer. It's just this absolutely electric. Yeah. And it's, um, it must be, it's, it, I love how something so rudimentary still sort of undercuts anything to do with, I, like it works within systems and everything else, but just like a really fast guy is very hard to kind of do anything about. What are you going to do? Well, he's got everything and he's, he's really, he's so intelligent and makes a lot of great decisions and his movement is so sharp. There was a moment in the first couple of minutes where I think it was pretty much the first time he got the ball on that left-hand side midway into the Denmark, Danish half and they had three players over there. Yeah. So clearly <laughs> ringing in their ears was the manager <laughs> saying, do not do what Australia did. Do not give him one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, he is uncontainable. You just can't mark the space that perfectly across 90 minutes. He doesn't need many opportunities. He doesn't need to be asked twice. And I mean, his first goal was just, it was, it was fantastic pullback from Hernandez and yeah. his quality all the way through but he's just uh, I'm just open to correction one thing I love I'm open to correction the actual effectiveness of, to, of it Yeah. but I love his crosses mm. brilliant they're so lethal and it's especially when you're aiming with someone like Giroud in there but they just come in with such kind of such low trajectory relatively speaking there's no, no and it's just because I do think uh, we've obviously had a very um, 
significant diet of Erling Haaland yeah, yeah, yeah. over the last couple of weeks and we've gorged on Erling Haaland <laughs> and he's been wonderful and then you can see why Mbappe is the best player in the world. Yeah, Haaland is maybe the most devastating goal scorer. I think that's uh, fairly clear. But in terms of the all-round package... No, it's something else. It's and I think it was interesting to compare the two you know, superstars last night. And there is just such a freedom to Mbappe's game. And obviously that comes with being a younger superstar. But yeah. I think there's, there's definitely pump. a trust in his French teammates. He knew Hernandez was going to put that ball on the plate there. He knew, like, I can just make this run and I'm going to be found. And you see that with Haaland as well when, he, when he's in that Man City team. I'm playing with Kevin De Bruyne. I can put myself anywhere. I'm going to be there. Whereas Messi thinks, I'm still going to have to do all this by myself. Argentina are very disappointing. Very, yeah. yeah. For the Cup America champions, unbeaten in 36, yeah. coming in here feeling great about life. There was a point in commentary where Ray Hatton said, I don't see it. Mm. No, and, and Mick, uh, McCarthy, uh, our producer midweek, as to, was ta- as opposed to a former Ireland manager, <laughs> was talking about, he was after, I think after the first game, he was really going for Di Maria. And it's all you could see last. He's so annoying. He's just, it's always just running across, little pass off. But he does, oh, it's infuriating. I have no problem with Di Maria. <laughs> I cannot no, stand him. I have no him. problem with that, but they're, they're average. They really are average. It's uh, one of the surprises, I think, of this World Cup. Uh, so Brian Kerr, like I said, with us between three and four. We've a big week to talk about, uh, obviously, and, and we'll look ahead to Germany, Spain as well with Raphael Honigstein. There is this weird backdrop then where we have things like Giovanni van Bronckhorst talking. Yeah, uh, the former Rangers manager. It was very off-Broadway here to get the comments of Giovanni Van Van, Van Bronckhorst about Rangers. There is actually a world outside of the World Cup, but uh, Van Bronckhorst has been speaking. He says he's had some very difficult circumstances to operate in at Ibrox. The Dutch coach was, of course, sacked on Monday. You might have missed that, but the club uh, are now nine points behind Celtic at the top of the Scottish Premiership while we are on the international break. Van Bronckhorst also played for Rangers, of course, but said the club will always be in his heart regardless. Did he say what they were? The difficult circumstances. He kept it very vague. Oh, well, like, Why bother? Like, you know, yeah, kind of. Gary O'Neill? Yeah, so Gary O'Neill has been appointed as the new head coach of Bournemouth following a successful spell as interim manager. He took over following Scott Parker's sacking in August and helped to guide the club to 14th in the Premier League before the World Cup break. O'Neill has agreed an 18-month deal with an option of a further year depending on results. I think everybody who's watched rugby over the last number of years and seen... Dottie Weir often appear at Murrayfield, amongst many other things. Uh, I was just so saddened to see the news of his passing at just 52. Yeah, the Scotland rugby head coach Gregor Townsend has paid tribute to his former teammates, saying he had a deep impact on the lives of so many. He's died at the age of 52 following a six-year battle with motor neuron disease. And Scotland captain Jamie Ritchie says Doddy, who campaigned tirelessly for MND awareness and raised over £8 million, uh, was an inspiration to everyone. And we can hear now from Leo Cullen, who paid tribute to the former Lion after his side beat Glasgow in the URC last night. Yeah, like certainly as a second row forward and seeing like Jody Weir and you know that uh, living with the Lions in '97, it's amazing, isn't it? Like time um, for the game and the professionalism of the game, but seeing the character as well. Uh, but probably more in recent years, then you, I've seen Jody at a couple of Glasgow games um, in recent times, and um, yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Like Jabers, it's but how he has conducted himself. Um, all the funds and work that he's done in recent years um, but yeah our thoughts go out you know as a, just like as a great rugby man that he was um, great character in the game so uh, our thoughts are with his family friends and all his loved ones you know it's 
it's a very very difficult time um, yeah it's uh, enjoy the day isn't it like it's it's tough to it's tough to hear but he, yeah I'm sure somebody's going to the Glasgow guys as well I knew he was a big part of it, what they were doing Extra point that you're playing Glasgow tonight, agree, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, that's the again, as I said, that was the last time I saw. I literally picture the um uh, in the stands, um, and you know, obviously, with Doddy and Sue, um, they would have had a few different interactions, obviously, when I've met Doddy then as well. So, um, yeah, no, it's tough on them. It sure is just 52, and he'd often appear at Murrayfield with his sons by his side, teenage sons, so incredibly difficult on all fronts. Keith Wood. Is on the show this week. I know he was speaking to us recently about being over to visit yeah. Dolly recently. They were on that Lions tour in 97 together. I don't know if you've seen that recently, but uh, Dolly Weir is injured and has to leave the tour. But And then news is broken to him on camera that this is gonna, you're, you're, you're done here. And he takes it with such grace. No, I haven't. Yeah, you wouldn't believe how well he takes it. Almost a, a shrug and a smile to the camera and that's life, you know. Um, so it seems like a, it was an incredible... Uh, character, so I suspect we'll talk to him in a bit of depth uh, to Keith on the show this week. Uh, meanwhile, matters on the field Eddie Jones and England scratching their heads. Yeah, the Rugby Football Union review panel will meet in the next two weeks to assess England's below par f- performance in the autumn internationals. The RFU chief executive Bill Sweeney says they're really disappointed with the form of Eddie Jones's team and the results are not where we expect them to be. Well, that's England- quite ominous. Uh, if, if he's um, if he's worried, then Wayne Pivac, I hope, hasn't picked up the Sunday Times this morning. Front page, Pivac on the brink as Wales I return of... Warren Gatland. Stephen Thomas, Warren Gatland being lined up for a sensational return as uh, Wayne Pivak ended 2022 with three wins from 12 games. So Wayne Pivak's job hanging by a thread, apparently. And the committee, the Welsh uh, subcommittee for the World Cup had met last week after the Georgian defeat. So I would think coughing up a 21 point lead to Australia with half an hour left in the game has not furthered his uh, chances of keeping the job I mean the sensational return for Gatland they can't quit Gatland no essentially Welsh rugby has not functioned in the professional era and the paper over the many many cracks <laughs> is Warren Gatland <laughs> basically that's how it's worked so well, look it's, it's worked extremely well I was, I was reading that four Six Nations two World Cup semi-finals yeah he's been incredible it's not bad now Gatland without Sean Edwards might be a different proposition it must be said but still, can you imagine this Welsh subcommittee sitting around? Has anyone any ideas about how we fix the mess that is Welsh rugby? And somebody straight face said, "Oh, we could." What do we? <laughs> what do we call it? What do we? That's that's where they are, you know. So, um, well, we'll see what happens on that front. GA at home. Yeah, um, well, we'll actually start with the action out in Australia because Dublin's Sinead Goldrick and Armaz Blahin Macken were part of the Melbourne team that won the Australian Rules Women's Grand Final earlier today. Melbourne beating Brisbane by 2 7 to 2 3. That's 19 points to 15, and two new Irish winners there in the AFLW. Here at home, then, in the club championship today, Ballyhale Shamrocks of Kilkenny meet Nace of Kildare in the first of the Leinster Club hurling semi finals at Crow Park. That match has just thrown in at headquarters. Dublin's Kilmacook and St Mullins of Carlow then will clash in the other last four encounter that's at 3.15 in the Munster Club of Football semi-finals Karen O'Rahillies of Kerry are taking on Air Og of Ennis in Tralee that game is just underway and Karen O'Rahillies leading there by 1-2 to Ennis's three points there with 16 minutes on the clock 
In the last, uh, sorry, the other semi-final is Tipperary's Clonmel Commercials. They're facing Limerick's Newcastle West at the same time at Semple Stadium. That game just underway there as well. In the last four of the Ulster Club Football Championship, it's Antrim's Cargan up against Glen of Derry at Healy Park. That one throws in in about 10 minutes' time. They're a half one throw in at Healy Park. And the Galway Hurling County final replay, that's Loch Ray and St. Thomas's doing battle at Pierce Stadium. That one also underway and it's Thomas's who lead there 1-5 to 6 points 17 minutes on the clock out west there do you feel that the club and county split has worked ah gee we're not getting no 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 i'm not getting i'm not and i'm not saying (laughs) i'm not there watching what are you doing to us but i do kind of feel like show to do it does kind of feel like with things like this i do feel it's kind of been quite successful insofar as i've seen an awful lot of different things i'm not watching it and i'll be honest with that but like even yesterday when it was like clifford and Seamus Flanagan obviously playing mm. football for his club and you see like a great picture afterwards to him and it just does kind of feel that it's been it has although not at all close to the county what the coverage that gets it does very much feel like its own thing though mm. and kind and of it's working on a local level yeah and, and broadly I mean broad broad strokes I'm not saying anything but it does sort of feel like it's I'm still not sure I like it but it does kind of feel like they got what they wanted yeah maybe that's more of a statement than a question <laughs> I'm happy not to debate this with you right now. I think that's a great observation and we'll move on. We'll have that debate again in due course. Um, Yeah, it's it's hard to know. It's hard to know. It's certainly working on a local level. I think the compromise might be an extra two or three weeks of inter-county just to break the back of August and own August, even for marketing purposes, if that's not too... uh, commercial word to use around GA thinking but God forbid I think the empty August maybe didn't sit brilliantly with people and, and could the club player absorb two three weeks less I would I would think so that might be the best balance and then I think we've got something that really okay. works for, for everyone but certainly the players I haven't spoken to a single player yet inter-county or club who doesn't prefer the new system Yeah, and in a an organisation that's about the participants primarily that's you know good thing so yeah yeah I think it's it's cautiously we'll say it's working with a few um, changes around the, the the dates maybe it feels like it's definitely working for it, it's I don't know if there's ever been a star the same way that I'm seeing David Clifford covered as a star and maybe it's just the the age he's kind of living in but I don't I don't recall anyone who's that like every one of his every single movement is covered yeah everything is and, and catalogued and and it's kind of, it's almost like his sort of genius and brilliance gets further elucidated by this kind of, just how much of him we get to see. And, and the numbers are getting totted up in a way that I don't even think numbers could be before necessarily, unless you were really kind of, it was a bit anarchy about it. Yeah. But it's right there in front of everyone sees what he's doing all the time. Yeah. There's a certain romance to it as well that some of these games aren't on TV. Quite a few of them aren't on TV. Oh. So it's like... Christy Ring back in the day. Yesterday was did a 1500 sellout. It was a Fif- sellout. 1500 okay. though. Was, like it? It was, was it on like, TV? No, I don't think so. Not as far as I know, no. Like, it's such it's a made. throwback. It's I mean, it, it is like saying, did you hear what Christy Ring did? It's, yeah, it's very sort of... You hear about it, you don't see it, you read about it. It's, it's like sort of old American kind of baseball thing where just go from town to town and they're just, you know... <laughs> Honestly, like, <laughs> I feel we'll be watching a movie with Kevin Costner about this in 15 <laughs> yeah. years, you know. So there, there is that kind of... You have to go and see him do it. Yeah. Hear about it. Aspect to it. Oh, but like, and isn't it amazing when you see him signing autographs afterwards? There's always great 
often on the Sunday paper review, we comment on a Clifford picture yeah. where he's surrounded by beaming kids staring up at him and he's signing autographs. <laughs> Like I touched him. <laughs> I'm not oh. washing my hands for a week. <laughs> yeah, that's class. Yeah, so uh, in some more GAA news, All-Ireland Senior Champions Kilkenny dominated the PwC 2022 Camogie All-Stars team, capturing the 15th O'Duffy Cup for their 15th time. Miriam Walsh collected the Senior Player of the Year. Uh, there were also first-time winners for Kilkenny in Ethan Norris as goalkeeper and halfback Laura Murphy. Uh, Katie Nolan was named a corner forward in the 2022 lineup with the excellent Walsh joining her Kilkenny teammates as full forward. Cork were awarded four positions, Libby Coppinger a cornerback, Saoirse McCarthy at halfback, Ashling Thompson in midfield and Katrina Mackey at corner forward. Waterford captain Lorraine Bray and Beth Carton were also recognised, as was Galway's Shauna Healy completing the lineup. The Manager of the Year award, no surprise here, went to Brian Dowling, who picked it up after guiding the Cats to their All-Ireland victory in 2020 and now 22 as well. Golf then to round us off. Leona Maguire is now in a tie for the lead on 14 under par in the final round of the Open de España. She's played four holes of the final 18. Tom McGibbon closed with a 66 for a 9 under par total at the Joburg Open on the DP World Tour in South Africa. He's tied for 18th, 12 shots behind Dan Bradbury who leads. And it was a successful homecoming for Cameron Smith as he won the Australian PGA Championship for the third time in Brisbane. He took the trophy by three strokes, finishing on 14 under par. Okay, and sorry, horse racing as well? Yeah, sorry, the Troy Town Chase is the feature race at Navin today. That one goes to post at 20 past two. The first race of the day was the Bar 1 Racing three-year-old maiden hurdle. That was at 20 past 12. Won by Joseph O'Brien's Comfort Zone. JJ Slevin on board, the second favourite in that race. Okay, very good. So that's you up to speed and everything going on. Aidan, thanks for that. Arthur with us across the afternoon. 